And that's the end of the game. The Panthers, dominant. Can they make it three titles in a row? If they keep playing like this, absolutely. 32 to 6 over the Warriors. Well, week one of the NRL finals gave us a good look into the difference between the very best and the rest of 2023. The Broncos showed that their levels to the game are very high and kept the storm scoreless and a ruthless performance from uh, Kevy Walters' men, showing no signs of last year's decline, only to be bested by the reigning premiers who put a beating on the Warriors to put the competition on notice once again and looking likely to claim at historic three-peat. As it is a Monday morning, we go back to the top of our food chain and welcome back the voice of rugby league for us, uh, Andrew Voss. And uh, Vossi, uh, good morning to you. You called um, the Warriors and the Panthers uh, expertly, uh, of course, uh, 32-6. Pretty conclusive, eh? Yeah, from the food chain, uh, Smith, interesting introduction, yes. Look, I think as an overview to the weekend right off the top, um, teams one and two, then a gap to the rest. Um, and, and that's not to say the other side aren't good, but uh, Penrith are very, very good, and uh, Broncos are, are fast-tracking to, to that level. Um, really dominant performances. The Panthers-Warriors game, you know, it, it just, I've, just, I've read this book so many times before with Penrith through their three, four years of excellence. They get to the front early, and, and they, they never get headed. They, they, they treat their opposition with respect. It's rare that they get loose. You know, they scored their opening try in the fourth minute, they had 60% of possession. I said, I think, in the call that to be fair to the Warriors, by the numbers, um, the uh, missed tackle count, so few missed tackles by Penrith, their completion rate, the amount of possession they had. I've seen games where they've led at half-time 30 and 36 nil. <laughs> you know, so 20 nil was about as good as it could get for the Warriors. They have to learn from it. If they do get the chance to, Penrith, to play Penrith again, they're going to have to think of something else. I thought their start was okay, even though they conceded the first try and they competed and they they were gallant. They they but they they didn't have that extra gear, did they? The Warriors the other day, and that, and that in part is is Johnson's loss. So you, chasing points was going to be very hard without the main man, and the scoreboard pressure mounted in that second half. It it just was a mountain too high to climb. What I what I like about uh, the Panthers is that you know they've got every reason to believe very big in their own ability and their own performance, but there doesn't appear to be. I, I looked at the way they celebrated their good moments. Uh, there's no complacency in that outfit. No, none at all. Was it? I mean, if, if you look at the team element, and even um, off the bench. So I'll, I'll give you a, a, an example of where Penrith have something so strong at the moment. Like, it get, the baton gets passed on. Lindsay Smith, previous to this season, is just a bit part player. He's now played in nearly every game this year, playing you know, decent minutes, 30 to 40. Um, Zach Hosking played four games of first grade before he joins Penrith, gets in the Penrith system. He's now part of that side that has is one game now from the grand final. And he is, you know, no hesitation to pick him, has played over 20 games. Then the other one, the other night, the other afternoon, is Luke Garner. He, he was signed from the Wooden Spooners. Don't, don't forget that. Luke Garner is signed from the Wooden Spoon winning Tigers. And in a semi-final, Ivan Cleary, with Garner in the Penrith system and a year under the, the wing there, is thrown into the centres in, in that game when Isaac Tongo pulled out. I mean, 
it just shows you, and we talk about next man up, it's not just words. At Penrith, it is real. Um, Nathan Cleary was obviously singly, you know, outstanding individually, but, you know, right across the board, who put a foot wrong? Phil Edwards, no. James Fisher-Harris, fantastic. Moses Liotta, uh, Mitch Kenny coming back from four games out. Scott Sorensen coming back from three games missing. I mean, yeah, wonderful team performance. And I, I went the early crowd. You know, I, I think they win the comp. Penrith have to play poorly. Would have to, Something would have to go wrong with Penrith mm. for them not to win this competition. They play well, no could one they win it? Could they win it without, uh, without Cleary? Could they win it without Cleary? Um, well, I think they've shown on the weekend they could win without Luai. Could they win without Cleary? They'd have to have Luai back. Let me throw that back at you, Smitty. Mm. Um, so, and, and by winning, they get they they have bought a bit of time, haven't they, for Jerome Luai to mm. to um, to recover from his shoulder problem. So now he gets another two weeks of treatment. Um, will be a will be a very good chance of playing preliminary final, which will only strengthen the side. Albeit Jack Cogger, who came into the side, did a fair job the other day, but. Cleary was just, just fantastic. Um, it does show you the benefit, doesn't it? At the time, it would have been devastating for Nathan to suffer the hamstring injury that ruled him out of two Origin games. He misses five games for Penrith, but now at the back end of the season, yeah, he's fresh as a daisy. Like it has proved that the the quintessential blessing in disguise, missing some games mid-season and and not having that, if you want, mental baggage from Origin. If they were to lose, if he was part of it. Um, no, he's fresh, and that that was as good a uh, you know a, as good a finals game as Nathan Cleary has played the other day, um, and that sort of highlighted Warriors didn't have Johnson, Penrith did have mm. Cleary, and, and there you go, um, you know such a dominant performance by the seven Warriors would have been hoping that Sean Johnson could do something the same. Uh, I'll get to what I think the Warriors should have to. Well, I think you think the the Warriors should have to do. Uh, a little bit better coming up uh, this weekend, which all of a sudden has become a reality. But I need to go back to game one, which was uh, the Broncos 26-0 and the Storm 0. Sometimes when I was doing rugby, I used to interview coaches and, and they'd, they'd blank the opposition and they say, you know, for me, the nil for them is more important uh, than the 26 that we got. How do you view mm. that game? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great performance. It, it, you know, they would be feeling so good about themselves, the Broncos. One, they had a hoodoo to contest. The amazing record of Melbourne against Brisbane and Suncorp. I mean, Brisbane just don't win. It's been more than a decade. Mm. Um, to win it so emphatically, 26 0, they played Melbourne off the park. And a bit like the Penrith game, again, you know, Brisbane scored their first try in the seventh minute, so never headed. Um, Adam Reynolds, great performance. Not quite as good as Nathan Cleary, but different. Yeah, he doesn't run at the line as much as Nathan Cleary does, but terrific performance by Adam Reynolds. And they, they made Melbourne play poorly, I thought. I think they physically were way better, um, and they, in terms of skill, they're way better. You know, Cameron Munster, not sighted, really. You know, his key players not sighted. Tragically, the injuries to Pappenhausen and Coates didn't help, but um, no, that was a really dominant performance. Leaves a big question mark over Melbourne, but that's why I have the Broncos and Penrith so, you know, well clear of the other teams. Um, their mm-hmm. weekend performances were absolutely perfect finals football performances. Uh, can I um, ask you about the other two games? Because uh, there's something different about sudden death, isn't there, when you have no tomorrow if you lose. And we saw it in, in both those games. Sharks 12, Aroosas 13, Knights 30, Raiders 28. Both absolute pop. They were terrific matches. Yeah, compelling. And and that's where we lick our lips right now as fans, Smithy, is that 
every game from now is sudden death. So the benchmark has been set very high. Um, Roosters-Sharks wasn't a classic game. They were battling away, but it was incredibly tense and there were some great moments in it. Um, Roosters overcoming adversity with injuries. Manu, that hamstring again. Joseph Swali'i concussion. They've had to put players everywhere on the field and somehow get up. The only time the Roosters led in the game uh, was with seven to go when Sam Walker kicks the field goal. So you know, that's, that's a fighting performance. But I just thought yesterday's finals game was as good as it gets. Um, Knights Raiders were stunning. Uh, and I today I salute Canberra because you made a game of it. No one gave you a chance. Led at half time and then then conceded 22 unanswered points and you thought, ah, oh, they're gone. They're gone. Somehow, in front of that Newcastle crowd, they found their second wind and took it to extra time. Could have won. Um, I bet you they regret now not taking a field goal shot in the first half of extra time. You know, maybe, maybe could have been different. That was interesting, Smitty. Um, Brandy and I were both of the impression this morning. The referee had to explain to the players at 28 all yesterday at the end of 80 minutes that it's five minutes each way. I don't think they knew. You know what I mean? Like, I think they went up to, all right, now we're into golden point. And the ref said, no, 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 you're going to play a full 10 minutes. And then it becomes gold. I don't think they knew. So does that mean tactically they hadn't prepared for that? Like, you know, I wonder. uh, It was obvious to me that neither captain, it was breaking news to both captains that they were playing 10 minutes of extra time. Because it's not the norm, is it? It's not the norm. But no, I love the football. It's so good. Uh, You know, one team wins, the other heart's broken. Um, but well done, Canberra. Sharks, bit of baggage there now. Three finals losses in a row. And that is mind-blowing, Bossy, uh, when you consider the level of communication from uh, coaches' mm. box to sideline to players to people running on, etc. these days. To be not aware of uh, that kind of situation, is it's quite staggering, isn't it? Well, you'd like to think, yeah, like straight away, in the normal course of events, rounds 1 to 27, your golden point strategy would pretty much be sorted um, pre-season, you'd be thinking, right, we're, you know, if we've got a right foot kicker, we've got to position ourselves left of the post on, you know, tackle four, five, put our kicker almost directly in front of left post, take the shot. You know, like, you've got a plan, and then suddenly the ref is telling you on the spot who to battle. Maybe that's all it was, but you're saying, no, you've got 10 minutes. Oh, okay, well, so we don't have to score first. But as Brandy explained today, no, in, you know, you, you, want, you want that advantage on the scoreboard. You want a lead because that puts pressure back on the opposition, put it in the bank. So Canberra mm. went for cross-field kick rather than go for field goal shot. Now, there's no way rounds 1 to 27 they do that. They would be setting up to take the field goal shot. But in this game yesterday, thinking they've got 10 minutes there, they oh, all a bit more time, let's go for the try. Well, again, as I say, in hindsight, I think you'd want to be just trying to put yourself one in front and go from there. Okay, then uh, let's uh, look forward. I, I was uh, keen to get your uh, quick opinion on uh, these two games coming up then. Storm Roosters and, uh, of course, uh, we're hosting uh, the Newcastle Knights with hopefully Sean well, Johnson back. Well, hopefully, yeah, and, and for Sean's sake. I say that not for the game, so I say for Sean. He deserves it. He deserves a finals appearance. Um, yeah, hasn't played anywhere near enough finals football through his career is, is his greatness. Um, would expect. I have a leaning towards the home teams in both these games. Melbourne don't lose two in a row too often. So, you know, it's based on a stat, but also a hunch, I guess, that Bellamy gets Munster, gets Grant Wright, um, Jerome Hughes, and both teams are a little battered and bruised, of course, but that is big for the Roosters, not to have Manu and Swali'i 
uh, going into this week of the finals already. No Jared Wadia Hargreaves either. So lock me in for Melbourne on Friday night. That should be tight. Roosters have proven that um, in their run. And Warriors night, Smithy, I had the privilege of being there for the blackout game in 08, and it's still one of the you know, standout memories. And I still remember Wiki running into Soliola and all of that. Um, I, I think savour this moment. And, and uh, I think the Warriors season... As, as good as Newcastle have been with the 10 straight wins, the Warriors season, I don't know, am I being romantic? It's, it's been too good to, to dip out in straight games. I think there has mm. to be another. They mightn't get to the grand final, but I think another, another chapter has to be written in this book of the Warriors season of 2023. So head and heart is tipping the Warriors with respect to the Newcastle side's great run. I'll, I'll go Warriors and Melbourne, and that means we'll have the top four fighting out the preliminary finals. Can, can I go just back two steps? Um, and hindsight, as they say, is one of the great cliches, is a wonderful thing. Um, resting all those players against the Dolphins? Losing a bit of momentum? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, maybe that's a question for next Monday, Smithy. Maybe we hold up until um, next Monday before that mm. sort of post-mortem is done. Um, you know, Penrith will say, well, look at Penrith. I mean, Mitch Kenny missed the last four games of the season. Scott Sorensen didn't play the last three. They've rotated, resting all of their players and got them ready. But you mean en masse, do you lose momentum? Well, I suppose there's more examples of it being beneficial than, than detrimental. But in the Warriors' case, um, you know, that will be something for Andrew Webster to think about next Monday. But if they play really well this week, he'll... We're probably all, we'll say next, this time next week, we'll say, well, that freshen up did them well, you know, like they, they regrouped <laughs> and, and on True. they go. But, um, yeah, is it an exact science, Smithy? No, it's not. Um, if I was a player, I'd probably prefer to play. Um, but if I do have an injury, then I'd, you know, I'd begrudgingly accept the coach's decision to rest and be right if there wasn't a whole lot at, the, at, at stake. And the Warriors, either way, were going to get a home final win or lose. And now they have a mm. home final. It's just that it's sudden death. Did you um, have any bully? Have you any Dally M bully? You guys are on the mark, you and Brandy. Do, do we? Uh, can I be honest with you? I, I don't even track the Dally M. I wouldn't be able to tell you. When, I, I don't even know what the, the point score was when they go behind closed doors, so they still do that. I don't actually follow it um, greatly during the year, but I have my own ideas about who have been the players of the year. And, and you know, everyone's saying, well, Sean Johnson is one of the favourites. If Sean Johnson got best player, this season, that there can be no arguments from me. You know, I could probably name other players that have been as good, but off the top of my head, I don't think I can come up with someone who's been any better. I mean, Adam Reynolds has been incredibly influential at the at uh, the Broncos, as has Reese Walsh. Like, I'm sure he's going to poll highly, but, you know, I, I think Sean Johnson is as good a favourite as anyone for the Dally M's. And I, know I stand by after the weekend, even though the Warriors lost and the Broncos won, I'm, I'm absolute stickler for joint coaches of the year. Um, Walters and Webster. And just finally, um, just on a patriotic note here, and you'll fully understand this, when was the last time an Australian tennis player won a, a Grand Slam title? Uh, won a tennis title? Well, we had Ash Barty there. And I, and, yes. And, and Ash has retired to become a mother and family. And yeah. I'm left wondering, every time I watch the women's tennis, if Ash Barty had played another two, three years, I reckon she'd, she would have finished up with a double-figure tally of Grand Slam um, event, so I feel like it's almost like we're being selfish to Ash, but we're saying, Ash, why? Why'd you give it up? You could have been... But anyway, she had her own thing, but as for men's tennis, we've actually got um, four or five in the top 100 now for the first time in a long while, so 
Um, there's a there's a few there, but would any of them win a, a Grand Slam anytime soon? Alex Dimonor, our best player? No, I don't think so. Okay, um, just check out the women's doubles result this morning. Then that's my parting shot. Okay, my parting oh, shot. You. Just check out the the women's doubles result this morning. And thank you so much for your time this morning, your great commentary and your analysis. I appreciate it. Smithy, is that where we're going after the All Blacks lost and the Warriors lost? You're telling me to look up the women's doubles tennis? Grand Slam? Grand Slam, Fossey. Come Grand on. Slam. Well, yeah. you play a soccer friendly somewhere over the weekend? Isn't there something? <laughs> something, something. It must be something. National success. Oh, God. Anyway, line's bad. Line's bad. Got to go. One of those <laughs> conversations. <laughs> That's it. We gave it to those Georgians. Okay, let mate. me tell you. Wallaby's beating Georgia. See you, mate.